Hello and welcome to The Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Bros Football Channel. I'm your host, Justin Taylor, and with me today is SC Romero, my guy. We're going to be talking about the Houston Texans draft, sleepers, IDP guys, upcoming schedule, and just kind of what you can look forward to on the season for them. Stick with us. You're in The Stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a square up to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce you did the stupid JT Brew. Want to give a quick shout out to my guy Chase Baby. Uh, made that song up for me, a local rapper here from Champaign, Illinois. Get on Bandcamp, check out all his stuff. He's got some new material on there. Check him out, all kinds of good stuff. So, my guy Chase Baby up Bandcamp. SC coming on here. I had to have you on here, my guy, Texans fan. I know you, you've you been a little upset about uh, the way things have gone the last couple of years with them, uh, but we want to kind of break into to everything Texans today and see if maybe the outlook is a little better than it's been in the past. So first things first, let's jump in and let's talk about the draft real quick. 2023 NFL draft. Everybody's wondering what the Texans were going to do. Were they going to move up? Were they going to stay put? Were they going to make a bunch of trades? And they ended up holding pad at number two, ended up taking C.J. Stroud, QB out of Ohio State. Uh, He was my favorite guy entering the draft coming in. He was my QB one uh, entering the draft. And then on top of that, because we have to kind of put them together, they went up, made a crazy trade. With the Arizona Cardinals, came back all the way up in the first round at number three, and that's where they took Will Anderson Jr., the edge out of Alabama. Most people considered him the first or second best player uh, overall in the draft uh, and defender along with Jalen Carter. As a Texans fan, what was your initial reaction seeing those two draft picks? Man, so you know, let's take a take a step back. But before the draft even happened, the Texans went out and got a new head coach in D'Amico Ryan's, right? And bringing him back, I mean, being a Texans fan, you know about D'Amico Ryan's the impact he had on the team as a player. And now he came back to say, "Look, I'm coming home in a sense to the team that drafted me to say." I want to be their leader like I was on defense, right? So the question was, can he lead up to getting a winning season for the Texans? Can he get us back to that playoff potential and be a contending team? And I think we already see that in the draft in the first two picks he made. That aggressiveness that he came in and said, look, the the chess play move of getting a quarterback first because he knew if he didn't get C.J. Stroud first, the price would have been higher to move up to three to go and get C.J. Stroud rather than Will Anderson because of that franchise quarterback in him. So he's like, hey, with my pick, I'm going to go ahead and get C.J. Stroud, and now I'm going to pay up probably less than what I would have known if the teams knew I was going in there for a quarterback. Now they don't know who I'm going in there for. Is it Jalen Carter? Is it Will Anderson? Is it another cornerback? Who am I going in there for? He made an aggressive move, and I already I just love that. These are two guys that can lead the team on opposite sides of the ball, two leaders around the huddle in the locker room, two guys that can make an immediate impact. You know, we haven't seen this from a Texans 
since Deshaun Watson got drafted there, came in and took it in control. We haven't seen it since we've seen like a, a Mario Williams or a J.J. Watt type of player that just has that effect on the defense to improve everyone around him. So, I mean, with those two picks alone, I'm super excited. Uh, with, with what they can bring, and I, I love what the Miko's bringing in the aggression because we're gonna see that transfer in the play style as well. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for some of these fan franchises that have really struggled the last couple of years is that hope factor. You mm-hmm. want to see the draft, you want to come out of the draft with some legitimate hope that your team is gonna be better, that they're mm-hmm. getting better, that there is you know a bright future coming. And for a Texans fan, I, I think that's got to be the case. Like you said, I just I like to uh, I've not liked anything they've done recently, as many people haven't. But right. I thought they really did a great job in this draft, and I thought they made some really nice moves to improve their team. I mean, before the draft, you know, talking with just people around the fantasy community, the dream was C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? That they were gonna pair those two guys up that from OSU, bring them to Houston, and just have a dominant passing attack and. D'Amico said, hold on, I'd rather get two guys on opposite sides of the ball because we need leaders for years to come. We have some leaders on the team now, but we need leaders for years to come. And they got two rookies that can immediately go in there and just coincide with each other, you know, communicate with each other on both sides of the ball to say, hey, look, this is what we're doing differently. This is what we're doing differently. So they can adjust properly and just know how to understand the game a little bit better. So I'll hindsight looking now i like this move more than i would have liked jsn and, and cj stroud you know because they get to get some wide receivers uh later in the draft they weren't jackson smith the jigba but they did get some good wide receivers later in the draft as well yeah let's talk about a few of those guys as they went in the uh it was number 13 in the third round i believe uh mm-hmm. for tank dell and then later on in the sixth round they got xavier hutchinson a guy i'm actually really high on out of iowa state He's kind of a sleeper for me in IDP leagues. I've been taking him in the fourth and fifth rounds of a ton of rookie drafts. As I just think he's he's just got a big body. He produced at Iowa State, even with not great quarterback play. Uh, he still put up really good numbers. I just think he's a sneaky guy. He doesn't have crazy good speed. He doesn't have anything he does just amazing, but he just mm-hmm. feels like a solid player. And then I feel like you can add him to Tank Dell, who, of course, is really small. That's the big knock on Tank. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that CJ Stroud, when they drafted him, he went to the co- he went to the staff and said, "Get me Tank Dell. This guy's right. awesome. He loves him." Which you know, as a fan and as a a fantasy owner, I gotta love when a quarterback goes out and says, "Get this guy," because he I just right. love the skill set. So that makes me feel a lot better about Tank Dell. And then you add those guys to already. Uh, a couple pair of riders. They, they went and traded for Robert Woods. Uh, they got Nico. Uh, so it's there's, I mean, it feels like it's a young wide receiver room, but I think they have room to grow. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when it comes to Xavier Hutchinson, when I was watching his tape and I was talking to some buddies, um, the comparison that came up to me was Amari Cooper. And I say that because Amari Cooper is not flashy. He's nothing that's going to necessarily excite you. You're not going to move up to necessary drafting. You're not going to sell him based on his flash or anything like that, but he gets the job done. He's a consistent wide receiver. He gets the targets. He gets the receptions. He gets the touchdowns. He gets the yards. He gets it all done. And I think that's what Xavier Hutchinson brings to the table. He's not going to be 
the guy that you're going to go out there and see, you know, DeAndre Hopkins get the one-handed catch. He's not going to be the guy that's going to burn anyone down the field, but he's going to be the guy that's aggressive. He's going to be the guy that beats you at the press. He's going to do some crisp route running, get open, and be a, a good target to C.J. Stroud. St. Dale, on the other hand, I have a buddy that's heavily even more into Houston Texans than I am, and he was talking about that he was reading reports that the Houston Texans looked at Tank Dell as a Steve Smith. And I don't say that by the talent wise. I say that by the size and the dog that Steve Smith had. He's that type of guy that he's not going to let the size defeat him. He's going to go out there and make you work for defending him. He's going to go out there and be a, a, a defensive kind of guy just because the aggressiveness he's going to bring on the offensive side. He's going to be boom, boom, boom in the defender's face. Yeah, he's so quick, though. Whenever they're looking the other way, he's going to be gone. You know, um, I love the Robert Woods. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, a, a young wide receiver room. Robert Woods is that leader. And to be honest, thinking about just all the wide receivers in the room, Robert Woods is one of the top 10 you want as far as a leader mentality. He He's seen the ups. He's seen the downs. He's had top 10 seasons. He's had, like, bottom 50 seasons. You've seen all the in-between there. So he's someone that can help this young wide receiver room go through adversity. If they're getting some drops, he can be like, look, man, we got to shake that off. If they're having these glorious, you know, 100-yard games, he'd be like, look, man, that's great, but we got to go on to the next one. He's someone that could teach these guys to battle through the ups and downs, and that's something that goes a long way that we forget about in football. You know, going through that, forgetting about the picks, forgetting about the drops, all those little things that come with it, knowing, look, all right, you got to go and put your best foot forward next time you're on the field and make it count. Um, Nico Collins, great. You know, John Mechie, we haven't seen him, and that's exciting to see what he can bring. Uh, I've the Texans got Stroud because they said, hey, we got a young wide receiver group and we need a quarterback to grow with them. Yeah, you almost got a free guy in Mechie. You know, mm-hmm. so far, all the reports are he's healthy after mm-hmm. sitting out his whole rookie year. Um, but no more cancer. He should be good to go. He's been participating in OTA. So, I, you know, you're getting another guy that you thought was going to be one of your top wide receivers last year as a rookie, basically coming in as another rookie year. Uh, you know, Nico's a guy that people are really high on. Uh, he hasn't yet put it all together, but maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year with C.J. Stroud, better quarterback play. He can kind of take over and be that alpha number one for them. I think this wide receiver group's a little underrated. Mm-hmm. I I kind of like him. I, I hate to say that as a Colts fan, a Colts season <laughs> caller, but I kind of like him. And C.J. Stroud was the guy I wanted for the Colts yeah. at four. That's who I wanted all along. I just loved his tape. I loved what he did it at Ohio State. I know everybody, you know, kind of dogged him because they're like, oh, well, he's playing with all these great wide receivers. He's got to look awesome. That's mm-hmm. not that easy. And then you, you go through and you look at the numbers. He was putting the ball in perfect spots. His accuracy was ridiculous. Um, yes, it helps to have really good wide receivers, but but man, the, the guy made throws. And I just I think the knock on Ohio State quarterbacks not being great in the NFL lately has kind of hurt him a little bit. But I, I love CJ. I think it's a great pickup for the Texans. And you know, I'm excited for this and uh, AFC South. Is it was a just a it's been a bad division all around, and all of a sudden you've got C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting to see what the Titans do. They drafted Will Levis. But mm-hmm. this might be a pretty exciting division in the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if all these quarterbacks pan out the way their teams envision them and the way some of our uh, fantasy owners envision them, this could be a great high-flying division. 
you know, for, as far as that they have wide receivers. Some of them have underrated wide receivers. Some of them have maybe some overrated wide receivers. Regardless is, they have some good wide receiver and talent. And Texans, um, I think they're definitely someone not to sleep on. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to play calling for the offensive side. Um, but, you know, and it's also going to be interesting seeing what these wide receivers do because I feel the room's open. So whoever, it's not going to be whoever impresses in training camp or anything like that. It's going to be who impresses the first couple of weeks to start the remainder of the season. Yeah, and a guy we haven't even brought up yet, Dalton Schultz brought in from the Cowboys. Uh, as some people are down on him. I feel like he could end up being the number one receiver on this team. I could see C.J. Stroud finding him all over the place. Uh <laughs> I think he's a sneaky buy in dynasty right now as I just think he, his value is, is kind of down. People mm-hmm. just aren't sure about him. And I just think you could get him at a really good cost right now uh, for a guy that could end up leading his team at targets. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I'm, I'm getting salts everywhere I can, especially in drafts. You could get him rather late. I feel like past top 12 tight ends, maybe top 15 if you're lucky. Um, and I think, like you said, he could be the one that leads the team in targets. Um, just not necessarily saying he's the better athlete on the field, but because he can get it done, he could be a safety net for C.J. Stroud as he kind of gets the rookie jitters out of him. He could be the go-to guy because he's someone that can go up the middle, stretch it, or even, you know, catch it outside and just, you know, make a couple five yards, ten yards plays. Yeah, let's talk about the running backs real quick here. Uh, Damian Pierce, fourth rounder out of Florida last year, rookie year, really impressed early on, got banged up at the end of the season, but put up some pretty good numbers. Uh, They didn't draft anyone, but they went out and signed Devin Singletary away from the Buffalo Bills. Is this Pierce's backfield, or do you feel like this is like a 50-50 split, 60-40, and can Pierce stay healthy? What do you think? No, I definitely think it's Pierce's backfield. Um, and I say that because they didn't draft a running back. They got an older veteran. That's not telling me they're necessarily going to split it because Singletary really didn't get the job done in my eyes in Buffalo. So I felt they really brought him in to be a, a coach, a mentality, that you know, just a veteran mentality, not necessarily take the carries away. Yeah, he's going to see the field. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think Damian Pierce is going to – regress in his touches he's still gonna be the leader and it's gonna be more like a 70 30 maybe a little bit closer but i think more like that where singletary is more of the reliever rather than the guy that's gonna come in and try to split the carries now there may be some games where they're just going back and forth because the running game's working but i mean D'Amico again is coming from a san francisco offense or, or that he was familiar with that offense so he's gonna go in there and have a great running game he's gonna go in there and use a guy and pound them in and damian pierce is that guy remember in college i think if i'm not mistaken he didn't have a, a season over like 215 carries in college at all right and then he came in and i think he had like 220 this past year so he still has a lot of tread on the tires, if you will, to continue to carry the rock and be it. And he's going off a full offseason of, of recovery. He's going to be healthy going into the season. And I, I think that's a great pickup uh, for them to continue to have him and say, look, we're not getting younger. We believe in you, but we'll bring in some veterans. I mean, not just Devin Singletary. You have Mike Boone up there also. Some good veterans that know how to just run the rock. You know, they're not anyone that's going to step in front of you or step on your shoes or anything like that, but they're going to help you elevate your game even further. Yeah, and, and so we'll talk about this a little bit too. Uh, just going with the running game here uh, as a pull back up. They took Juice Scruggs 
uh-huh. on the offensive line center. And they also uh, turned around later in the draft and took Jarrett Patterson. So two guys up on the line, already a pretty solid offensive line uh-huh. up front for this uh, Texas squad. You figure adding those guys is probably going to help this team even more because like you said, D'Amico's going to want to run the ball. He yeah. definitely wants the CJ to be able to throw a ball around, but I don't think they're going to put it all on his shoulders right away and have right. him tossing the ball. Hopefully, I guarantee they don't want to be throwing it 40 or 50 times a yeah, game sure. uh, if they can help it. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned bringing up those centers, and I think that's a, a fair point to even go further into Damian Pierce. He's someone that's a, a bruiser through the tackles. Right. So he's someone that is going to go up the middle of the field. So having that solid center will be a key part as far as pushing the defense back a little bit just to get those holes. You know, he can't run it outside, but I see him more as a tuck your shoulders, get in between and go kind of running back. And I think that is just another testament to saying, hey, we believe in him and we're going to make sure we have the tools in front of you to have some successful running games. Yeah, and then uh, to go around on the rookies uh, to kind of finish up who they drafted, they took uh, Dylan Horton, an edge player, Henry Tutu, a linebacker out of Alabama that I'm seeing a little bit of buzz about him possibly working his way into the starting lineup. And then finish it off with safety Brandon Hill. So they obviously added to the defense. Uh, it's something they need to improve. Obviously, going with Will Anderson, which many people consider the number one edge, and people have been waiting for him to come out for a couple years for Alabama. That's got to help. Anytime you can help put pressure on the quarterback, that's going to be a huge thing. And then Tutu, I feel like this is a wide-open linebacker core right now as far as IDP purposes and just starting. Um, If you look down the group, a lot of uh, hype right now behind Christian Harris. Uh, mm-hmm. trying to him, he was a third round pick uh last year. They've got a lot of hype coming around him, people are liking him a lot. They went and got some veterans, Christian Kirksey, Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton. Now, how much those guys have left in the tank is you know going to be kind of interesting. Uh, those guys have been high IDP players in past seasons. I don't know what they have left, but I, I'm probably leaning. Harris and then I think Tutu he's a guy to keep an eye on to see if he works his way into the lineup I just think he's a hard-nosed player out of Alabama I think he could end up being a, a little bit of a steal there with how late they got him in the draft yeah I mean I 100% agree where where did Domico go to college do you know uh I, I need to look that up real quick I, I'll say that. I'm pretty sure it was Alabama I thought it was Alabama as well, but I'm going to look it up just in case, okay. make sure I don't say the wrong thing. But I, I thought he went to Alabama as well. I hope so, because if not, then that's going to mess up my whole next statement. <laughs> uh, he did. University of Alabama. He was a unanimous All-American uh, there. So, and now he's bringing in uh, another linebacker from Alabama. He knows how that Nick Saban defense ran. He He knows the linebacker position, like it's the back of his hand. Tutu is a a screaming buy for me. He's probably still on your waivers right now because of how late they got him. And it's someone that can be their next guy. He's a dominant player. He's a leader. Um, He's someone that, you know, these veterans are great, but he's going to bring in the energy. He's going to bring in the juice to the team like a Will Anderson and just be that vocal piece in the center. He, he, he makes that kind of impact. And um, I think out of those linebackers, you know, um, He's the one to get. You know, I like Kirksey. I like Perryman. Um, you know, you have Corey Littleton. Uh, those are some great pieces there. But, I mean, Tutu, for dynasty purposes, 
he's someone I'd rather have because I see a brighter future for him where these guys might be the 2023 linebackers, right? But I don't necessarily see them as your 2024, 2025. They may move on after Tutu gets a year under his belt and says, okay, I understand the pro side of it now. It's not college anymore. I know the pros. Uh, so you can possibly get him very, very low, probably on your waiver wires, late in drafts if you really wanted to. Or even, you know, unless the person that has him is high on the Texans, you probably get him for cheap as well in your trades. Yeah, the one guy, uh, you know, we've got to mention as far as IDP purposes, Jalen Petrie, just unbelievable <laughs> second-round pick out of Baylor last year, just burst on the scene as a rookie, just unbelievable, uh, almost 150 tackles, five tackles for a loss, five interceptions. The guy was all over the place. He finished, depending on your league scoring, mm-hmm. uh, scoring dependent, but he was a, a pretty much across the board top 10 player. And mm-hmm. in most formats, he was the number one defensive back as far as scoring was concerned. So I, I just pretty huge. Petrie's a guy, I think, people still are a little low on him. Even though he had such a huge year last year, I think people are always worried about DB. They're always worried, can they repeat? And people are thinking, okay, they're going to probably be better in front of him. Does that mean he loses some tackles? He's a guy I'm still taking. I'm still grabbing, looking for him. I still think he's going to have a big impact and score a lot of points in IDP. I agree. I mean, I think if you grabbed him last year, you got him at uh, the shortest time or the best time, you know, because I think he is, um, I want to say overpriced, but the the price is higher than what it was last Mm -hmm. year, right, because of the impact he made. I like that they also brought in Jimmy Ward as a safety because he's coming from San Francisco. So it's not more so as he's going to take the opportunity away from Petrie, but he's going to teach him, hey, this is the defense I know. Let me teach you about it to get you even better than what you wore. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, because Derek Stingley didn't pay full season, and he was a the guy they took first last year, right? Wasn't the Miko era, but this is a cornerback that can also make a huge impact. He he missed uh, six games, I believe, in 17. No, eight games. Eight games, excuse me, um, in a 17-game uh, season. But I think he could still make a huge impact. And, and because of that, I don't necessarily see Petrie's tackles coming down a lot. I mean, they will if Stingley's there. But I think the interceptions might come down a little bit more because – the wide receivers aren't going to make it past Stingley for, you know, to be a Petrie thrown in the air kind of get the ball. Um, I, I like that secondary for them with Stingley and Petrie there because I think those are two leaders at different areas of the field that can make a huge impact. And I think Sting, um, Petrie said, you know, last year, this is my team. Even if Will Anderson comes in, hey, you're the big guy up front, but I got it back here, and this is this is my secondary. Yeah, just the proof secondary and Stingley coming back healthy <laughs> – just I feel like it, it's going to help him is before, you know, a lot of times in IDP, if you got a shutdown corner, you want to avoid those guys because they're just not going to score you a lot of points. But then you saw Sauce Gardner last year. People went after him, even though he showed that he was pretty tough. Teams aren't just going to shy away from their number one guy. If you move a guy around, if you move Stingley around and he takes on a number one, they're going to throw at him. That means he's going to get opportunities for interceptions. He's going to get opportunities for passes defense. He's going to get opportunities for tackles. So he's a guy I'm definitely, especially if I'm an IDP league, that you have to start a cornerback. I mean, quite a few where you don't just have a a combined cornerback safety DB position. You actually have to start a cornerback. He's a guy I'm keeping an eye out if he's out there on waivers. Somebody dropped him last year when he was hurt. He's a guy that you might see a little more action go his way with the improved secondary this year uh, and where they can't just avoid him. And you might see, I mean – 
Well, with him coming back healthy, he's someone that can hang with the wide receiver ones by himself. So you might see Petrie having to go double team a wide receiver two, which isn't necessarily a, a big jump down from a one, but sometimes it is. So in a sense, it's a little bit easier for Petrie to, to make the play as well because he's not going against the top tier wide receiver on the team. You know, so there's there's an opportunity there for him to even increase a little bit better because he knows Stingley could make the man coverage by himself on, on the alphas. Let's jump in here a little bit. Let's talk about the schedule. Okay, interesting schedule for the the AFC South. I talked about this a little bit during the Colts show we did, and that they had one of the easiest schedules in all of football this year. The Texans as well. If you pull up their their schedule and you kind of look at what they've got, their opponents this year. Crazy stat that I found this morning kind of looking through the schedule. Mm-hmm. They only have four teams on their schedule that had a winning record in 2022. Four mm-hmm. teams. And one of those teams they played twice. So that's five games against winning teams. And to bring out that against winning teams, two of those teams only had nine wins. They were nine and eight. So they their components uh, opponents in 2022 had a combined win percentage of 427. They weren't even 500. So if you're a young team trying to improve, trying to show what you got, man, this schedule kind of sets up for them. It's going to be tougher than I think it was because of the way things are going to work out this year with some of these teams improving. But man, it's it's it shouldn't be. Crazy difficult. I don't have them winning a lot of games, but the schedule doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. No, I mean i I'm looking at it too. Um, I mean, there there's some teams, you know. That I think you know, week one they play the Ravens uh, in Baltimore. That's gonna be interesting because they're going against a, a top quarterback, right? One of the uh, elite franchise MVP quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson. How this defense plays against him will say a lot for them. It'll, it'll kind of give them their identity if they shut him down. Or if they get blown out, it's going to say, okay, this is where we're at, right? But on the flip side of that, the, the offense, where are the Ravens? Ravens are, you know, one of the top teams when you go against the AFC North when it comes to defense. So how that young offense plays against one of the top defensive minds in the game in the Baltimore Ravens in Harborough, this is going to be interesting to watch and see. And I think that week one alone will be a huge testament to their season they go into playing the Colts uh at Houston so that's gonna be a great first home game you know Stroud versus A.R. Richardson or Anthony Richardson excuse me um and then they go you know to Jacksonville against Trevor Lawrence who's right now to me is the quarterback face of the AFC South right the guy that came in um number one overall you know just a top tier athlete so now you have this other guy, C.J. Stroud, who now went number two, going against him. I mean, they're 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 going against some QB battles the first three weeks, and that's going to be huge for Stroud to go in there and say, "Look, this is my division, and guess what? I am going to be one of these top quarterbacks in the AFC, uh, going against Lamar, Anthony Richardson, and uh, Trevor Lawrence those first three weeks." Um, going further, you know, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh has a nice defense. That's going to be another one. You know, even if they say go 3-0 that first uh, couple weeks and then they go against Pittsburgh, that could be a huge slap in the face to bring them back down to reality just because that defense is kind of terrifying. You know, you got TJ Watt, Cole Holcomb. They drafted Joey Porter Jr. They had Minka Fitzpatrick. They have a lot of studs on there, uh, but I didn't even name them all, you know. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup as well. Uh, They go against the Falcons. I'm a regular believer. 
But that defense, I think, is going to be a defense that's going to be trying to gather their identity all year. So that can easily be a good win for Stroud going in. And let's just say on the flip side, they go 0-4, they have to win against the Falcons. That's going to have to be the game they win if they're having close matchups or losing these first four weeks. The Falcons' week five has to be a win. Regardless of what the record is, they can't lose to that because of that's probably their weakest team in the first five weeks to me. Um, the Saints, you know, that's good. It's at Houston. It's not in the Superdome. I love that uh, following week up. Um, the Saints, another team where their defense, well, we'll see what it is, you know, um, and it's going to be at NRG. So you don't have to deal with that loud arena. Superdome's one of the hardest places to play in just because it's so loud. That fan base is incredible. So they have them at home. And so now these guys will be able to gather that energy to fight against the Saints. I can see that as a win. Uh, they go against the Panthers. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I don't know if that was just a purposeful matchup, just to have the one two play each other. Uh, but that's gonna be I want to give the edge to CJ Stroud just because I, I kind of I kind of like the weapons better around Stroud than I do Young. Mm-hmm. Um yep. even though they're both young, you know. I, I think that's just very good. Uh the Buccaneers, you know, I'm not the biggest Baker believer, but you know, that that could be interesting as well because they have some veterans on defense there. Uh Bengals, Joe Burrow. That's going to be a tough matchup. That might be – what is that? That's week four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's week nine. That could be the turning point of the season. You know, that's about halfway mid through the season going against Joe Burrow. That could be the turning point if they come out, if they win or have a close game to say, look, we are a competing team. We are a contender because Burrow's took the team to the Super Bowl. He's taken them to the AFC Championship. This could be a game that says, look, we are a team that needs to be on the map. You need to know who we are going against them. Uh, then they go against the Cardinals. Uh, that's a win. You know, I don't really see big threats in the Cardinals right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, yeah, that, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I agree with you, man. That was, that was one of the wins I was kind of going through. As I look at this team now, I, I think I originally predicted this team for for a four and thirteen season, but I'm starting to think they're going to be in more of these games than I originally gave them credit for. Mm. You know, after that week four game against Pittsburgh, you look at it; they only have two more games against winning record teams the entire rest of the season. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I think Denver's going to be better, and I think the Jets are definitely going to be <clears throat> excuse me are going to be better than they were last year. So those are going to be tough matchups. But the schedule kind of works in their favor where they get a decent amount of the winnable games at home. Like you said, they yeah. get the Saints at home as opposed to having to go New Orleans. That's right. a big difference. They get Tampa Bay at home. That's a super winnable game at home. They get Arizona at home. That's a very winnable game at home. So, and then some of their tough rotor matchups is like, all right, Tennessee, but they're getting Tennessee late in the year. Is Derrick Henry going to be healthy? Is Tannehill still going to be starting? You know, getting them late is probably the best time to get them. Uh, Cleveland, everybody thinks they're going to be better. It could be a tough matchup. They got to go. They're at home for Cleveland though. So again, who knows where, where Cleveland is Cleveland in a slide at that point? Right. Or like they were last year, or, or are they, you know, chugging towards the playoffs? Then again, they get Tennessee at home and then at Indy. And I think Indy and Houston are probably a little closer than people think, I think, as far as where those teams are going. And, and, and it might end up being just CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson, who's the guy that, you know, 
shows promise better. Who's the the better leader early on for their team? But just looking at the schedule, I they very very winnable games. I even said at Carolina, that's probably one of their closest matchups for them as far as talent wise, uh-huh. and. It's not a crazy hard game at Carolina. Now that right. not to say they, that's a win by far anything, but that's a game they should be in. And 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 getting the other games at home, I think, is pretty interesting. So I I can even see this team not necessarily doing what the Bears did last year, but I could see them maybe at the end of the year not a very good record, but a team that was kind of exciting to watch and that mm-hmm. you actually felt pretty good about at the end of the year. You know, yeah. you're looking at it, you're like, okay, maybe we only won four, five, six games. But man, our offense started to click. We could see the defense was figuring out. Sure. You know, first year head coach, you know, a lot of young guys. I, I could see people being pretty excited about this team later in the year. I, I was way so, on the under for them at the beginning of the year when I looked at it maybe a month or two ago. I actually think this team. This team could win six or seven games. They, you know, you got some games out there that could be tough, but at Atlanta's a winnable game. At Carolina's a winnable game. And like we said, the home games against the Saints, Tampa Bay, Arizona, all three of those are super winnable games. Uh, you know, they could split with Tennessee if they can split with the Colts. I mean, all of a sudden you're looking at it, you're at five, six, seven, eight games in there. So I, this team, I think, is it has a shot to be better than people realize. So let's, with, with this schedule, Week one against the Ravens, I'm gonna give them an L, right? They they yep, lose. To, I'm taking to the loss there. Week two against the Colts at Houston. I, I think the Colts come in and, and beat them. I'm gonna say Colts, Colts have Colts have owned Houston at Houston okay. the last like decade. Right. It's, it's uh, Colts are a complete opposite. They always win at Houston, and they can never win at Carolina though. It's for I, some I, reason I, they can't are at Jacksonville. I will say that's a huge part to T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton always went into Oh, he was the guy. He was the man. He was the man against the Texans. (laughs) Uh, Jacksonville, at Jacksonville, let's give them the L there, you know, because they're going to Jacksonville. Uh, Then the Steelers. Steelers come to Houston. Let's give them the L there, the AFC. I think Steelers win that game, yep. Okay. So now we go to Atlanta. I give the Texans the win, so now they're one and four. That's a a toss-up game for me. I feel like that's a 50-50 the Vegas line, I haven't looked at any of these lines lately, but that, you know, by the time it gets here in the season, that's probably okay. going to be a minus one, minus two, maybe minus three games. So sure. I think it's going to be kind of a toss up game. And I mean, on Vegas odds, I think if the team, like let's say it's Falcons minus three, I think you take it's basically Texans even because they're at home. Yep. Yeah. You know, or vice versa, if the Texas minus five, I think you take the Falcons because it could be closer. Um, but let, let's give them the W. Let's go against the Saints at Houston. Because it's at Houston, let's give them the W, even if we don't know what's going on with Kamara. Okay, so now they're two and four. The Panthers at Carolina, I would say CJ Stroud comes out and impresses. Uh, you know, that, that's so, a toss-up game for me, and I think he's going to he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder there. Yeah. You know he's going to go in that game. He's going to want to win that game and prove that Carolina should have taken him instead <laughs> of Bryce Young. And you know, and that game is going to be hyped up, even if both these teams come in with two wins. And that and game is going to be hyped. You know, not even talking about CJ Stroud. Will Anderson's going to be doing the same thing. He's going to be yep. showing Carolina, look, you made a mistake getting this quarterback. You still taking me because I'm going to be all over this quarterback. Get like five sacks in that game or something crazy. Yep. You know, just to dominate. So that's and former the- teammates, former Alabama teammates, going against exactly. each other like they did in practice. <laughs> 
Oh, that that's another interesting point too, because he could be like, "Look, I know the way he moves. You know, let let me do mm-hmm. my work because I know what he's gonna be doing." So let's just say those three that get a W, okay? So that's three and four right now. Then we go to Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay comes to Houston. That one's gonna be interesting because I really like Tampa Bay's defense, but I don't know what to do with their offense, mm-hmm. and I think that I, might be. I, a good I feel like that's a Texans win. I actually had that down as a Texans win. I, I have them as a win, and I think it's going to be more so Baker loses the game than the Texans win that game. You know, so let, let's say they're four and four. Okay, so now we're in Cincinnati, and that's where that turning point comes. This is where it's going to show their identity, kind of right. Cincinnati's going to win. Joe Burrow's not going to yeah, go. They're going to blow them out. Yeah, it's in Cincinnati. There's, there's not happening. But then they get the Cardinals. So now let's that's say a, okay, I they go that's in. That's a win. I give them a win. So now they're five and five. Now we go to Jacksonville, or Jacksonville comes to Houston. Let's say they split, because I can't see splits happening in the AFC South. Divisional matchups are always crazy. So mm-hmm. let's talk up a win there. That's six and five, okay? And now we're going to the Broncos coming to Houston. I'm going to give the Broncos the edge. They have Sean Payton there. They have Russell Wilson. They have a nice defense. I think the Broncos come in and win. Would you say yes or no? On I that? think the I think the Broncos I think they win. The Broncos win that game. But mm-hmm. again, the fact that they get that game at home is insanely nice. If, yeah. they, if you tell me that game's at Denver, I'm like, no, yeah. no, they're getting For blown sure. out. But I think they keep it close. I think they lose that game, but I think they could keep it close in a defensive battle in that game. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, I mean, that's a huge point. You know, going to Denver, that altitude is a huge difference. And with a rookie quarterback, that's a dramatic difference, you know. So having it home is like, all right, you get a break here. So now they're, what, six and six. And six. Now you get the Jets in New York. Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Gary Wilson is healthy. Brees Hall is healthy. Jets take it. You know, yep. they have a nice defense, okay? But it's going to be interesting because now it's Robert Sella versus D'Amico Ryans, too. So that will be an interesting uh, defensive battle to see those IDPs so out. But now we're saying they're 6-7. and seven. This is where it gets interesting. You know, you brought up the end of the season schedule. You have at Tennessee, Cleveland versus Houston at Houston, Tennessee versus Houston at Houston, then at Indy. They could be 6-7 and seven going into the final four weeks and possibly win three or out of the four next weeks. So they could finish possibly nine and eight, be a friends like AFC. And a nine and eight, ten and seven team could win the AFC South pretty exactly. easily. I mean, Jacksonville won at nine and eight last year. Exactly. So nine and eight, ten and seven. I just think this is going to be a really close division. I was, yeah. I was, when we went over the Colts, uh, we haven't done um, Tennessee yet. And mm-hmm. we haven't done Jacksonville, but when we did the Colts show, I was like, I could see this team going 10 and seven. It sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but again, they had a very easy schedule and mm-hmm. it lined up for them. Like Colts right. had the same way the Texans have. They got a lot of e- like winnable games all at home and the games are probably going to lose. They got them on the road anyway. So mm-hmm. they were probably going to lose those games anyway. So I, I can see that. I think this division is going to be really interesting. I really yeah. do. I I could see them winning three games and going three and you know three For and sure. fourteen. I could see the Colts doing the same thing. I could right. see them going three and fourteen. But I also mm-hmm. could see both these game teams winning nine, ten games. I just think right. there's that much room to work with in the in the AFC South this year. And what's interesting is is in a, in a sense, Trevor Lawrence kind of has this chip on his shoulder too because now you have these young quarterbacks that are younger than him. And it's like, look, I had to show that I'm the leader, but these guys can all 
take that spot, right? He mm-hmm. could have that last season hype, oh, we're the best AFC South team right now. We're good. We have the weapons. We have the defense, the leading tacklers there in Jacksonville. But yet you had these young guys coming in saying, hold up, we weren't here last year. We're going to make sure you know our name. CJ Stroud being one of them. So, I mean, it definitely is a division up for grabs, and they can easily be the Texans just as easily as they can be the worst team in the division as well. Yeah, we go through it. I just think it's going to be an interesting season all around. And just the fact that the AFC South and the NFC South got matched up this year, mm-hmm. I think it just makes for crazy storylines mm-hmm. because I think both divisions are not very good. Mm-hmm. I think both divisions have some teams on the rise. For sure. But you don't know if one of these teams are going to get hot or not. I could see everyone mm-hmm. kind of as one jumbled mess all kind of together there. But right. I also could see it like somebody separating themselves. All of a sudden, somebody gets on a run. Mm-hmm. Something happens. I, I just think it's there's so many scenarios to see these teams go every other way. Kind of give give me your final thoughts on just the season. What are maybe some guys you're looking for? People think about IDP. Who who are your guys you're you're targeting in drafts? Uh, you know what are you thinking? Um. You know, final thoughts. One one guy we didn't touch on who was an undrafted player, uh, Xavier Valade, running back. Uh, I believe he went to Arizona State, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's um, correct. You know, uh, wearing the jersey, another undrafted running back, you know, Arian Foster. I, I said it's Damian Pierce's team, but if you're if he's still on the team come preseason, keep an eye on Xavier Valade because he's someone that could possibly move the ranks. And he's just a, a field stretcher, a, a playmaker kind of dude. He's not going to be every down back, but he could be someone that comes in on those third downs and be that sneaky running back to get a first down or a you know fast tight end or not fast tight end, fast touchdown down the road. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, if you're having like deep rookie drafts, yeah, I would take a shot on him because why not? But again, if he's there in preseason, someone I'm watching. Um, as far as your IDPs, Henry Tutu, you know, I, I think that's a great IDP player. As I mentioned, he's not going to be the guy you're looking at now, but if you're in Dynasty, you have Taxi for a reason, and he's someone that's a great Taxi candidate. Even if he does come in and becomes a starting linebacker, I don't necessarily know he's going to be like the leader we want him to be as a linebacker, like lead the team in tackles or anything like that. But if he goes in as a starting linebacker and you have him on your taxi just sitting, year two is going to be that boom for him. Um, I love Xavier Hutchison. You know, I think that's a, a great candidate. Really, any piece of the pie on the wide receiver room, I'm taking because you're getting them all late. Robert Woods is nearly going undrafted, and I mm-hmm. really don't know why because he's really the only wide receiver that has seen consistent – playing time in that team and he's someone that could be the leader just because of his veteranship you know he knows the game he knows what to do he can be that best friend of cj Stroud year one so i definitely like that dalton schultz is a buy uh will anderson is great um if we're talking about him uh definitely a phenomenal idp player and i think he's gonna be dominant you know they traded up to get him and it kind of says a little bit more than getting cj Stroud. they said wait we're gonna get our quarterback but whoa 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 we're going to go get the best defensive player in the draft as well. So that says a lot to him. So if you're able to grab him, um, I love that as well. These rookies are impressive. Um, Damian Pierce, though, I'm a huge fan. I I think that's going to be a top running back. He got hurt last year. I think he was one of the first rookies to reach 1,000 total yards last year, and he didn't play the full season. 
He's mm-hmm. someone that was on pace for over 1,200 yards. If he's healthy and plays a full season, he's a running back that will carry the rock, and you want him on your team because he's going to get you yardage. Yeah, I'm with you on the wide receivers because there is no guaranteed wide receiver one guy. So you're just taking all these flyers on all these guys. Most of them are almost free. Mm-hmm. And you're, if you take a flyer on a guy and he hits, it's huge. If you he doesn't, you just drop him and pick somebody else up. It's not like right. you've got a lot invested in it. And again, Dalton Schultz, for a guy who's played pretty well in the past, he's right. going in that wide uh, tight end like 12 to 15 range. Uh, so he's a guy that you know I'm taking a shot on as well. Uh, I've seen as far as rookie drafts for Will Anderson, I've seen him go as high as you know one, two, one, three in some IDP leagues. Most of my leagues, he's dropping to end of the first, beginning of the second. I know it's hard for people to take IDP guys that high sometimes mm-hmm. in leagues, but if you're in a high scoring IDP league and this guy becomes the next sack master, mm-hmm. you're going to be real disappointed that you passed on him. So he he's one of the guys uh, that if I'm going early on defense with an IDP guy, he's the guy I'm, I'm spending the money on. I'm going, I'm going with him or, you know, Jack Campbell from, uh, for the Lions are the two guys that, as far as rookie guys that I'm willing to put a little more extra draft capital in uh, yeah. if I can. But I, I just, I think it's going to be an exciting season. It's uh, it could get ugly at times in the AFC South this year, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's going to be, at least I feel like some of these teams are going in the right direction and that there might be some promise that this division might get good again. And at least, Hey, we got some young, exciting quarterbacks to, to watch. So, you know, I'm always pumped about that. One guy we didn't touch on, and I'll, I'll say this because he's a, a Houston alumni as far as he's from Houston, went to Austin High School. They got him last year in Jerry Hughes, um, a solid defensive end that's consistent. He saw nine sacks last season. If he's opposite Will Anderson, that's two beasts opposite that are just going to tear apart these quarterbacks. You know, Terry Hughes is also someone that's going to teach Will Anderson every step of the way on what it takes to be a dominant defensive lineman. Uh, And and I really love that coaching that he could bring to him. You know, Will Anderson is a hot commodity right now. Jerry Hughes is probably going undrafted in your leagues, but you might see a little bit more of Jerry Hughes to begin. And then Will Anderson kind of eases his way in mid season towards the end, as far as taking over that defensive line role and being that dominant guy. So uh, excited to see what he can do there. And I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup, you know, seeing those two guys opposite. And then if you have two, two or a Perriman or a different linebacker and the MP trait and Stingley, this is a defense man that, D'Amico Ryans knows what he's doing. He knew he had the game plan before he went into NRG. He knew, all right, this is what I want to do for this team from a defensive standpoint. And I love that we're seeing it come to life. And it's going to be, like you mentioned, it's going to be exciting to watch them play. Yeah, I, I think Jerry Hughes is a great point. He's he's a guy I've been picking up as a waiver wire back end backup defensive end because he mm-hmm. can get you some production for almost nothing. So I, I, I like that. And again, whenever you can put a guy like that on the opposite side of another stud rusher, uh, it helps him out for sure. 100%. SC, thanks for coming on the show, man. Give a quick shot. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you, all that good stuff. I know you're all over the place, so let them know where they can hit you up. 
Yes, sir. Uh, Dynasty Pros, you know, hopping on with uh, JT here for the brew here every now and then. We have our Debbie show that we do every other week. Uh, you can find some of my articles on RPO Football, doing some buy sales on there right now. I have my show, the PPR, so on YouTube. Go check out some episodes at the PPR, so on uh, Twitter as well. And again, shout out the uh, Blow Pop Division and the Scott Fishbowl. You know, we're, we're grinding in that draft right now. I'm um, excited to see what the outcome is because – a lot of us are saying in the chat, man, we threw our draft strategy out the window. We're just we're just going with it now. But um, Scott Fishbowl, always excited to be a part of that. And, yeah, man, I just uh, appreciate you having me on the stew today. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, the, the Fishbowl, you got to be able to pivot. Yeah, you, you just you have that draft strategy. You get in there, and it gets crazy. I, we, I was just talking about this a little bit because uh, I'm in the live draft in Chicago on Sunday in uh, the Lou Malnati's uh, division. And when you do that live draft, you got to be able to just switch things up because you're, you're waiting, you're waiting and you're like, okay, I can get this guy, this guy, or this guy. And then all of them go in a run right before you. And then you got to decide, well, am I just taking the next wide receiver up or am I going tight end or am I going right? Am I jumping around? So you got to be able, ready to move. I've actually liked it this year because we at the Chicago July draft were first last year. We are the very nice. first draft. So we're the last one this year. And so nice. now I'm liking to see what everybody's doing. I'm in all kinds of chats. I'm the 1-8 this year. Oh, I was the 1-4 nice. last year. So I've been kind of talking to people, looking to see who, who's going what, what kind of builds are out there. But, again, you never know because you can see all the stuff that's happening right. and then things can go totally different in your division. Your division could be the, the division where everything goes crazy. Right. So uh, I'm excited about this year. I'm pumped you're in it. Uh, a bunch of our guys, the Dynasty Pros, are in it. Uh, a bunch of other guys over at DLF are also in it. So it's going to be good. We'll keep updates on that. And, and we'll have to talk you... about the seasons. We we get going on it and kind of things get going. We're going to have to jump on and do uh, some recaps of where we're at. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's funny because you said I just told my chat before we hopped on this show. I was like, man, when I need you all to take my guys, you all don't take any of them. When I'm like, all right, I need these guys to fall to me. Y'all take them all back to back. What is going on here? You know, so, yeah, man, it's 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 fun drafting, uh, especially the no trading is actually really fun, you know, because it adds something where it's like I can't move up. I need to bank on my guy following back to me, right? So um, I'm excited to be a part of it, you know, and hopefully some Dynasty Pros members, you know, see each other at the top and one of us could take the trophy home. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. I made it to the top 500 last year, hoping hoping to make in the top 250 this year. My very first Scott Fishbowl all the way back in Scott Fishbowl 9 bobbed out. Worst season I've ever had in fantasy. I won <laughs> one game. My team was a disaster. Injuries all over the place. Oh, man, I was like, I'm never going to get back in. I'll never get back in and play again. <laughs> so it took me a couple of years to get my way back in, but I, I did it. So hopefully hopefully nice. end up with a bit, little bit better team uh, this time around. Yes, uh, go check out uh, SC for sure at all his shows. Uh, again, me and him are on with Tommy Harvey on the Debbie Show on Dynasty Pros Football on YouTube every other Monday. We do that show right now. We're breaking down all the stuff, you, all the conferences, all the Debbie guys. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. We got old shows you can go back and look back up. You can find me at JT Orange on Twitter. Also go and like JT Bruce Stew. That's our show page. So go ahead, click on that, interact with us, tell us what you want to see, things you want us to talk about on the show. And then always can go back and Listen to these on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those things. Again, thanks for joining us here on The Stew with JT Drew. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit.
Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of.